The following podcast is an excerpt of the book Deadly Roots, available on Amazon as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Spiritual Emptiness Are you living in misery? Are you exhausted and worn out? Has your life turned out differently than you expected? Have you run out of answers? Do you feel isolated? Has life lost its meaning? Are you confused? If you think this way, you are spiritually empty. In the book of Psalms, chapter 6, verse 6, we read, I'm exhausted and worn out with my weeping. I endure weary, sleepless nights filled with moaning, soaking my pillow with my tears, from the Passion Translation. The first step in learning how to deal with spiritual emptiness is to acknowledge that it exists and that it is a problem. The root cause of your ongoing misery, greed, and bitterness is spiritual emptiness. What is spirituality? What is spiritual emptiness? Why is spirituality important? Spirituality is essentially restoration. It is the restoration of body, soul, and spirit. It is the path and process of reclaiming our relationship with God, learning to walk with Him and not in opposition to Him. It is the recovery of the image of God in man. It is the rebirth of our spirit with subsequent transformation in our soul and body. Spiritual emptiness is the pursuit of comfort and a sense of completeness apart from a relationship to God. Man attempts to live life without depending on God, and the result is emptiness and misery. We live in an age with a lot of possible solutions to our problems that do not require reliance on God. So why do spiritual things matter? We know about proper diet and exercise. We have beneficial models of psychology and philosophy. We have affluence and distractions that can keep us busy. We have never known so much about diet and exercise, yet we are more obese than ever. We have never had so much information on our psychology and emotions, yet the suicide and addiction rates are skyrocketing. We are rich in resources, yet poor in spirit. Something vital is still missing. We are all aware, deep inside us, that there is someone, a master designer, who is much bigger than ourselves, and that we were made to serve that someone and not to spend our life in endless self-service and misery. We are rarely aware of our spiritual emptiness. It becomes apparent when we are up against something much bigger than ourselves, like the threat of a significant loss or a struggle with addiction. We are also aware of it during times of prosperity, when even if we have acquired everything we could want, we are still aware that something vital is missing. This awareness is often written off as a bout of fatigue or emotional exhaustion when we are trying to fill our spirit with a substitute that could never satisfy. If you are a pastor, counselor, social worker, psychologist, psychiatrist, 
or medical professional, be very cautious. If you make it your mission and responsibility to find a cure for this misery, you will burn out. There is no effective psychotherapy or medication for this type of misery. You may be able to provide some brief consolation, but the cure is dealing with spiritual emptiness. How do you know you are spiritually empty? What are the signs and symptoms of spiritual emptiness? A spiritually empty life is a life of self-centeredness and self-promotion. All that matters are my experience, my life, my comfort, and my image. I may be aware of others, but not aware of their pain or their struggle. The life mission of the spiritually empty is to avoid discomfort and pursue comfort, no matter what the cost. If you are spiritually empty, you are proud. You think your way is the only way. You may be sweet and kind about it, but you are still arrogant. If you are spiritually empty, you are also deceptive. You deceive others and you deceive yourself. You work hard to hide your faults and point out the flaws in others in an ever so lovely way. If you are spiritually empty, you are not thankful or grateful. You live your life with constant discontent. You are never satisfied. These are several pieces of evidence of living a spiritually empty life. But the most significant proof is that you are living a life of constant comparison. You will find hollow contentment or increased discontentment in comparison with peers or comparison with your formal youthful self. We continuously use comparison as a tool to determine our value. From the time we are first born, the comparisons begin. We are weighed and measured and labeled based on our size. As life goes on, the comparisons continue. Just pause for a moment to consider the many tools of comparison you experience on an average day. You have scales to weigh you, measuring tapes that size you, clothing size, IQ test, school grades, credit scores, and of course the big one, a mirror. We compare ourselves to others and our former selves. And in the end, we are not satisfied. If you score high on the comparison scale today, the result is pressure to maintain that position or arrogance because of your success. If you rate low on the comparison scale, the result is discontentment. As you age, that person you see in the mirror every day becomes a fading vision of your once fit and fashionable self. Spiritual emptiness, the life of constant comparison, results in a life of quiet desperation, full of disappointment and discouragement. We end up wasting a lot of our life trying to fight or change what we cannot change. It is time to accept that as people, we are all very self-centered. We grumble and complain because no one understands us. We believe that no one can experience our physical or emotional pain the way we can, so we end up on a lifelong personal mission to achieve comfort. When we are successful in achieving some degree of comfort, we become proud. When we fail, we become depressed and even more self-centered. To get what we feel we need, 
we become deceptive and in the process lose our authenticity. We are no longer thankful or grateful. We live discontented and dissatisfied in a sea of constant comparison. This experience is the living hell of spiritual emptiness, a life of quiet desperation where at the best we experience momentary comfort amid meaningless, endless distractions. It is a life of continuous self-service and fading compassion. All we care about is our comfort. We are willing to bend the rules because we see our circumstances as being unique. So society's rules don't need to apply to me. We live as bitter, lonely victims with no sense of meaning or purpose. Our thoughts and motives are awash with denial and irresponsibility. We are dependent on our environment to come through for us and lessen our discomfort. When our discomfort increases, we become more self-focused and more aware of our pitiful human predicament. We spend our life wallowing in discontent. Living this way is the definition of spiritual emptiness. We are all born with our backs turned to God, determining to go our own way, and in the process of seeking comfort, manage to create even more discomfort and pain. How do we deal with this weight of spiritual emptiness? If we recognized what the problem is, and that it is an issue for all humans, we can stop comparing ourselves to one another and get on with addressing the real problem, our spiritual emptiness. If we are aware that where we turn to address and fill our void will not work, then maybe we have a chance to change directions. We do not have to remain spiritually empty. The problem, however, is that it takes humility, honesty, courage, and gratitude to turn our lives around and seek God. And of course, this requires a leap of faith. It takes faith to believe there is a loving Creator who has provided a way back to Him through the sacrifice of His Son. A sacrifice that meant He experienced all the physical pain, social isolation, misery, and psychological anguish that all humans have ever experienced. There is someone who knows what we are experiencing. He suffered it on the cross. He bore the weight of it for you. He has provided the path back to God. God has provided this gift, a gift that we only need to accept. So what does spirituality mean? How do we become more spiritual? The answer is simple. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 13 from the Message Translation, When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. The path to spirituality is the humble, courageous path of seeking God with your whole heart. As we take these steps, it is essential not to be confused by what spirituality is not. People and society promote many practices and beliefs as being spiritual, as a means of gaining a relationship with God that is just counterfeit spirituality.
Spirituality does not involve comparing yourself to anyone else. Spirituality is comparing yourself to what God has in store for you and living by His Word. Much of what we have equated with spirituality is nothing more than man's program to feel good about himself. I have worked with a lot of criminal patients over the years. As a group, most of them attend church regularly. They attend church not for spiritual growth, but as a way of convincing themselves that they are good people and that how they conduct their life is not so bad. If you pause and look, you will find self-deceivers in every church. Are you one of those self-deceivers? Spirituality is not the maintaining of a list of laws and rules. Laws and regulations and boundaries are helpful to avoid negative consequences, but the keeping of commandments does not get you closer to God. A life focused on law-keeping will result in a lack of compassion and joy. Rule-keeping and law-focus is another mode of comparison used to determine our value. If I keep more laws than you, then I am more spiritual than you. This is not spirituality. It is a force driving people away from God and away from each other. Spirituality is not a specific group of practices like meditation, prayer, or worship. Prayer, meditation, and worship are valuable elements of a relationship with God, but are only weak psychological boosters outside of a relationship with God. Do not use these practices as a measure of your spirituality. Just because you pray longer than your spouse does not necessarily make you a more spiritual person than your spouse. Are you praying, meditating, and worshiping because of your relationship with God? Or are you praying, meditating, and worshiping, trying to gain favor with God? Spirituality is not sacrifice. Our relationship with God should free us to be generous in our giving, but how much you give does not determine your level of spirituality. You should be free to give because what God has given to you, giving out of gratitude and thanksgiving, and not as a means of buying special favors from God. Spirituality is not a specific diet or dietary code. You are responsible for what you put into your body. A specific diet will not get you closer to God. On the other hand, gluttony, alcohol abuse, and drug abuse are evidence that you are spiritually empty. You are responsible for everything you eat, drink, inhale, or inject. Choosing to put anything into your body to alter your mood is evidence of spiritual emptiness. Spirituality is not a belief. As it states in the Bible, even the devil believes. It is more a matter of faith and seeking God than knowledge. It is not just the belief. It is what you do with the knowledge. How has your belief changed your life? Spirituality is not belonging to a specific group or club. Membership or attendance at a church or religious group does not make you spiritual. Encouraging one another of similar faith can be very uplifting and healing. 
It can promote a relationship with God, but it is not a relationship with God or a measure of your relationship with God. Spirituality is not knowledge, wisdom, or reason. Spirituality is trusting God and not trusting your ability to reason. It is often more difficult for those seen to possess knowledge, wisdom, or ability to rely on their strengths and not to trust on God. Gaining knowledge and acquiring wisdom can help determine a path in life, a track with more positive results than negative consequences. But exceptional mental skills do not equate with spirituality. Knowledge can help you see the wonder of God's creation. Reason can help you evaluate your life, and if mixed with honesty, it can help you realize that your knowledge and wisdom is not enough to build a relationship with God. A high intelligent quotient does not equal a high spiritual quotient. It is only a product of humble faith. Spirituality is not doing something to gain God's approval, is accepting what He has so graciously offered. Spirituality is not living with pressure to perform, but living with thanksgiving for what He has provided. Try as hard as you like, it will not improve your walk with God. The effort and activities that you use to gain spirituality may act as diversions or a means to avoid painful areas in your life, but it will not bring you closer to God. Spirituality is not just crying out to God for deliverance or personal comfort. Most people live their lives with no desire to relate to God. They carry on from day to day until some big disaster. Then they cry out to God to come through for them. God is gracious and at times will come through. Still, it is much better to develop this relationship before the going gets tough, at a time when the relationship may guide you to a direction that could avoid some of those big disasters. Spirituality is not a partial surrender or calling out to God to rescue in times of trouble. Spirituality is not surrendering in part of your life with the hope of seeing improvement. It is a surrender of all areas of your life. In my work in addiction medicine, I meet a lot of people who use surrender as a means of trying to build a stronger inner resolve to fight a craving. This type of surrender is more of a psychological trick to fight off an urge. Often, the addiction wins this fight. Surrender and submission are all or none, and it is terrifying. Are you miserable? What are you doing about your spiritual emptiness? Is spirituality important to you? Are you discontented? Are you spiritually empty? Are you working hard to achieve what God has given as a gift? Are you honest about your life? Are you humble? Are you grateful? Are you content? Where do you turn for answers to life's difficult questions? Do not forget the promise that if you seek Him, you will find Him. Seek with your whole heart. God will not disappoint.